Welcome to the St. Emlyn's Podcast. I'm Ian Beardsall. And today we have a special episode brought to us direct from San Diego and the International Meeting for Simulation in Healthcare. Victoria Brazel and Sandra Vigas kindly agreed to record this episode for us whilst they were out in America, experiencing everything this incredible conference has to offer. Many of you will be familiar with both Vic and Sandra, both of whom are leading lights in medical education. Sit back and enjoy listening to some of the advances in simulation in healthcare and how we can all improve as educators over the coming years. Welcome to the St. Emlyn's Podcast. I'm Vic Brazel. And I'm Sandra Vickers. And we're coming to you today from the International Meeting for Simulation in Healthcare in San Diego. And it's been a fabulous few days, Sandra. Yes, it has. I've really enjoyed my time here. And if you haven't been to San Diego, go. It's very lovely. Very beautiful. Uh, this is a really interesting conference, and this is the third time I've been here. But the International Meeting for Simulation Healthcare is a really large, there's about 2,500 participants here, and diverse group of people, people from all healthcare professions, system engineers, human factors people, the military, technology, industry, very interesting and diverse conference. And that's been a real interesting thing, I think, for me. If we had to choose three take-home points for the conference, I think one of the things for me is that the technology is just getting better and better. And we can talk a little bit more about that. The second thing I think which is really emerging out of the simulation world is that simpler is good. And I think more and more the research and the practice is suggesting that if we just get the education right with the right learning objectives, the right participants and the right leadership – the technology and the modality are are easier. And then look, the last thing, which I think the conference really emphasised for me was we have to keep looking outside our square and we can learn so much from other people like Everest mountain climbers and NASA training specialists that we have to keep on finding our lessons from somewhere outside medicine as well as from our, obviously, peers and patients. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, maybe something that you found really interesting here? Yeah, so in terms of technology, I had a great time in the exhibition. The exhibition and the industry is really one of the things that makes this conference special because the connection between the industry and medicine and all the people here are so special because we need each other so much. And the industry is very interested in in making the products and the setting and helping us educate our fellow colleagues and getting the education translated into clinical practice. So I really enjoyed the exhibition and I saw some great things at display and in live simulation. And it doesn't matter if you're into difficult airway management or surgical science or system testing or resuscitation is is my main interest. So I really enjoyed that. One of my take-homes was from the exhibition hall. It's kind of like Disneyland for technology-interested educators, really. And a couple of the ones that I'd just pick out, one was a thing called a cut suit, which is actually something a human being can wear, but which actually allows you to do things like chest drains, catheterization, even a surgical airway, and even do a laparotomy. And it's amazing technology that they've developed, which I think uh, will be getting a fair bit of airtime. And I saw that live, actually. I saw the demonstration with the cut suit, and it was amazing to see a damage control surgery performed like that. Truly incredible stuff. And and I think that just shows how much investment, as you say, industry is putting into this kind of business. And I also want to mention Sonosim, mm. which I really am excited about seeing used more and more in simulation. And I saw that here, and it made a great impact on me. So this is an ultrasound simulator. Yeah. 
And and I agree. And I guess just at this point, we should say our disclosures. We're not getting any money from any of these people. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I agree. Great stuff. The other thing that I'd say, just while we're talking technology, that I'm interested in is I think the virtual reality and the augmented reality technology is almost there. And I've been watching this for five or ten years and thought it's not quite there yet. But I think I saw so many applications, whether it was communication skills training, whether it was procedural skills, intubation, other things where virtual reality has now got to a point where it is accessible by almost everyday educators. Yeah, so that was industry. I guess one of my other take-homes was really about the format of this conference. And it it started with the opening plenary where the speakers had five minutes each and they did something called an Ignite talk, which isn't unique to this conference. And essentially they had been well coached. They were great people. They were diverse. They included patients as well as simulation experts as well as clinicians. They'd been coached well by someone who knew what they were doing and they all had brilliant stories that they told, some with slides, some without, but it was a fabulous way to open the conference. And I think the other thing is that the rest of the conference is largely workshop-based. They're really long sessions. It's an hour and a half sessions, which is to be honest, practical given the size of the convention centre here. You just literally couldn't move between rooms for 20-minute talks. But it means that each room is set up with small desks. You get to meet the people in your session. Most of the workshops are very interactive. You do tasks, you work through cases, and I think it's a good way to really get a conference feel and connection between the people who are there. And one of the workshops that I went to was it was about testing systems. And again, in this workshop, it was great because the little groups we were divided into were made of, in my group, a game developer, emergency physician, nurses, administrators. So all kind of different people had to work together. In our workshop, it was the paper plane factory where it was about testing systems. So we had to build 18 airplanes, uh, four different kinds. We had a limited amount of time and we got time to build our system to begin with. We were showing the airplanes. They gave us about five minutes to build our system and how we're going to get those 18 airplanes made. And then we had five minutes to do it. We felt the stress. (laughs) So it was a simulation of It was a simulation. We really felt the stress. And we were super excited and we were very much dedicated to the task. Only a few minutes in, we, of course, realized our first errors in the system. So when the first five minutes were done, we did a little bit of debriefing and feedback on how we had managed or didn't manage the task. And then we went through the exercise again. And we went through the exercise a total of three times, which was really helpful because it made you see that those little things that you can keep adjusting in the system, they really make a difference. And it also made me think about when we make educational interventions back home, we need to make sure that they match the system they're going to be performed in and to remember to go back and receive feedback and keep making those little adjustments so we keep on improving our systems. That was really a good workshop. It sounds like a good workshop, and I think it's sort of like the medium is the message. The very way that they had you do that was the take-home for you. And it was the simple task of building paper airplanes. (laughs) Everyone can do that, and actually you can find this exercise online on the IHI webpage if you want to Mm -hmm. do it back home. That's the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. And and I think you're right. The the themes around patient safety and the techniques that people have employed do translate really nicely and and run through this conference. And that's a nice actual segue to my favourite workshop, which was 
one I attended, which was called Data-Driven Debriefing. It was really nicely done in a, a group who work locally here were talking about how they display the performance of their team or system as a guide and essentially as the central part of their debriefing. And they use the examples of a stroke simulation and also uh, a resuscitation-based simulation where they would literally put up the team's performance against time-based targets and use that as the trigger for the debrief. And I think to my mind, this emphasizes some other things that I saw at the conference, which is really a move towards ensuring that the target of our simulation is patient outcomes very directly. It's not enough just to sit around a debrief anymore and go, how did that feel? I think you did well. You really have to be saying, what does this mean in terms of our patient care? And as you say, how does that work with our system? So one of the other things you mentioned to me, Sandra, you were interested in was thinking about dissemination, though, and you were a little worried there was a lot of reinventing the wheel. It actually connects very well to the workshop you just described, because I was thinking that this conference, everybody involved in education and simulation should really come here, because we were two and a half thousand educators here. There is a lot of reflection and good conversation going on. And it made me think all the interventions we do, we really need to make sure that they answer the right question and that we ask the right question. Exactly what is it we want our learners to learn and in what setting and with what complexity. I really have some improvement I have to go home and, and put into my systems and the education I do. I really learned a lot from that. And I think that also in the phone world and in, in the way we use social media, that we can really benefit from learning from many of these excellent educators on how to answer and ask the right questions for our learners. That's probably a pretty nice note into our sort of final point, which is this one about learning from other tribes. This conference is a fabulous melting pot mm. of techno geeks, <laughs> industry, heavyweights, tiny little companies doing their own virtual reality, people who are interested in the psychology of debriefing, people who are interested in the mechanics of resuscitation. It's a fabulous melting pot. And I think for me, again, I'm inspired to go away and do what Roger Nebone talks about with this reciprocal illumination. There was a lesson for everybody in the story we had on Monday from Alison Levine about her attempts to climb Mount Everest, <laughs> which ended in success, by the way, but not until we had 45 minutes of sharing the the trials and tribulations. And I'm really looking forward to the last talk today, which is from a NASA training specialist. Yeah. Learning from how other people have done things and translating it to our world is really my take home from here. And I think a take home for all of us uh, working either in clinical practice or as educators to think about where else can we learn how to do what we do better. Well, it's been fabulous doing the podcast with you, Sandra. I look forward to seeing you in Copenhagen again. Yes. And uh, farewell to the St. Emlyn's listeners. Thank you.